Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod's Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we embark on a journey to Folkvang, also known as the Field of the People, a sacred afterlife in Norse mythology that is overseen by Freya, the goddess of wisdom, beauty, and love. Before we begin our sleep story, where we will learn about Freya and the mythology surrounding her, let us take a moment to relax and find peace where we are, here and now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into the mattress beneath you. Here and now, there are no obligations. There is no to-do list. By simply closing your eyes and listening to the sound of my voice, you are starting to relax. The story that we are going to embark on will nourish your spirit and relax your body. With your eyes closed for a moment, let us imagine that we are elsewhere. You are not in your bed. Instead, you are lying in a flourishing field full of wildflowers. You can feel the touch of the wildflowers as the soft petals brush against your skin. You feel the gentle summer breeze winds through the flowers and kisses your skin before continuing on to the endless field of flowers. As it laces through this mosaic display of flowers, you can smell the stunning, soothing aroma of the field on the breeze. You can smell the roses, the lilacs, the lavender, the tulips, an incredible mix of flowers that can only exist together in this beautiful, dreamy realm that we are creating together. But it isn't just flowers that you smell on the breeze. You can smell the earthy, invigorating scent of the dense earth beneath you, of the rich, nourishing soil that the fresh grass is sprouting up from. You can smell the citrusy, sharp aroma of that grass as it, too, brushes against your skin. On that breeze, 
you can also smell the brisk, inviting aroma of the pine-coated mountaintops in the distance, where snow resides even in the summertime, like it is now. You gaze out over the field, soaking in the array of colors. It is like you are lying on Mother Nature's paint palette, where every color that she has to work with is displayed and ready to be scooped up on her soft brush then splashed across the landscape in long, smooth strokes. As you lie in the field, you notice a warmth wash over your whole body. Overhead, the egg yolk sun makes its way through the sky. It is a gentle summer sun the kind that welcomes you to just relax in the grass on a lazy afternoon and let yourself be carried off to sleep. The kind that encourages you to simply be beneath its soft touch. Beautiful white Cottony clouds sweep across the baby blue sky, and as they do, you notice something rather remarkable. The clouds are obscuring some of the sun from shining on your body. Now, the sun rays gently reach your head. You feel their soft kiss focused on your head, urging every muscle on your forehead to relax first. Your jaw slowly unclenches, falling at a comfortable, natural angle. You feel your tongue relax, and the tiny muscles around your mouth loosen up completely. Your eyes begin to relax, not clamping themselves shut so tightly. And within all of that, you feel your mind slow down. Any tension or negativity that has been swirling in your head simmers down, leaving you at ease. Then, slowly, the clouds shift. You feel the sunlight sweep across your torso and arms now, and, with its warm, soothing touch, your muscles begin to relax. 
You feel your torso sinking deeper and deeper into the ground beneath you. Your hands are unclenched, unfurled, relaxing in a comfortable position without any tension. Your breathing gets a little deeper. You feel the breath becoming more nourishing as your chest and stomach rise with your inhales, and any tension is released with your deep exhales. It feels more wholesome to breathe this way, filling every muscle in your body with soft light and letting go of any tightness. With that deep, slow, grounding breath, your heart slows as well to a calm, steady pace. You are safe and at ease here, and gradually, your body and your mind are becoming more and more immersed in pure peace and tranquility. Keep following the steady rhythm of your breaths. Overhead, the sunshine continues its journey down your body. You feel it softly caress your legs and feet, blanketing them in its comforting warmth. Any tension or pain that you've been carrying in your legs melts away, sinking into the ground beneath you never to be seen again. The golden feeling of the sun trickles through your body now, leaving sparkles of warmth everywhere that it goes. You feel yourself sinking deeper and deeper into sleep with every deep rejuvenating breath that you take. The sunlight will always be there when you need it, and know that you can return to this field of flowers beneath the sun anytime you want. Now that we have taken the time to relax, and find comfort in the place that we are in, here and now. Let us begin our story. The history of the Norse gods is woven through time, told in collections of narrative poems and stories that have been passed down for generations. All of our knowledge of Freya stems from these worn, old books with various stories about her family history, her role 
in society, and even her name. Yet, there are some things persevering throughout all the stories and poems written about Freya, that she was wise, beautiful, and eternally powerful. By most accounts, Freya was a goddess associated with beauty, fertility, love, war, gold, and sather, the magic of viewing the future and of influencing it. In fact, it is believed that it was Freya who brought this ability to the gods and who by that nature eventually passed magic down to the humans of the world. Freya is the daughter of Njordr, whose name itself stems from the word force or power. Njordr is associated with fishing, wealth, crops, the sea, and the wind. He resides in a lavish abode in the heavens by the seaside where he can oversee sailors and fishermen. Freya's mother is more disputed. Some believe that she was the unnamed sister of Njordr, the later Njordr found himself in an ill-fated marriage with Skadi, another Norse goddess. Freya, her twin brother Froyr, and their father are all members of the Vanir family, a powerful group of old, incredibly wise gods with the ability to see the future. Long ago, there was a war between the Vanir and another group of gods known as the Asir. The Vanir, for the most part, reside in one of the nine worlds of Norse mythology, said to be a mesmerizing place, where Freya's real home, Folkvang, can be found. Folkvang is a place of sheer beauty, a field that brings every element of Scandinavia's beautiful landscape together to create something otherworldly, a heavenly abode fit for the gods. All around the edges of the field, impossibly tall mountains rise up into the sky, their snow-capped peaks nearly brushing against the soft, cottony clouds overhead. Deciduous trees line the sides of the mountains, painting them in brilliant swaths of green. But as your gaze travels up the imposing mountains, the expanse of trees begins to wane and 
is gradually replaced by rocky outcroppings and blankets of cool, white snow that seems to mirror the clouds overhead. On one side of the field, at the base of the mountain, a brilliant river laces alongside the old, thick forest. This glacial river, fed by the melting ice of ancient glaciers, is one of the most beautiful that's ever existed. From the distant glacial melt, the river is painted with brushstrokes of unbelievable colors. It's such a vibrant blue and green that it looks almost unreal. And not only is it a stunning color, but it's so transparent you can see the bottom of the river even beneath the curves and waterfalls within the river itself. You can see the mosaic of beautiful rocks, rocks that have been carved and smoothed over by this ice-cold water for thousands and thousands of years, rocks that are flecked with purple, red, orange, gray, and green. Rocks that seem to symbolize all the colors and the creatures that can be found on Earth. By the iridescent blue-green stream, deer, cats, and boars can be seen drinking all animals near and dear to Freya's heart. They wander up to the stream and drink up the icy nourishment with no concern, with no fear, for they know that they are safe amongst the mountains here and in Freya's protective company. They can allow themselves to be gentle here, vulnerable, in a way that they cannot be anywhere else. Here, tranquility can be found by the stream and within the fields. As the sun begins to rise over the mountain peaks, painting the field with a brushstroke of gold. The animals often gather around the stream, calling on other creatures and plants to awaken and greet a brilliant new day. Then there is the field itself, a sprawling, vibrant green field that seems to stretch on forever. It is a lush field, alive, flourishing.
flourishing, effervescent, and tucked within those hardy, beautiful blades of grass, there are wildflowers, small fragrant orchids, rich purple harebells, columbines, and daisies. The mix of white and purple hues gives the entire field a sleepy, soothing feel as the colors contrast the green, yet invite you to relax, to soak in their beauty. Somewhere deep within this field is Freya's home, Sesrumnir, meaning seat room, is her dwelling with a colossal hall filled with seats for many people. And, indeed, Freya has a lot of people to welcome. When warriors died in battle, some of them would call out Valhol. However, Valhol was not necessarily the place where these fallen warriors would go. In fact, it was Freya that had the first pick of warriors that would come to live with her in the afterlife in Folkvang. Half of the warriors would awaken in Valhol with Odin, another well-known Norse god, while the other half would awaken in Folkvang with Freya. Welcoming these fallen warriors is one of Freya's many duties. One day, Freya awakened, as she often did, with the feeling of the golden sun washing over her face as it rose up over the mountains just beyond her. She did not mind how early the sun woke her up, because when it did, she would feel its warmth spread across her whole body, reminding her of the possibilities that lay ahead of her. Before she even opened her eyes to look over the field, she could already hear the intrinsic magic woven in it. The sound of the wind weaving its way through the lush field of milkwort, harebells, columbines, and daisies, rushing gently against each one and filling the air with their sweet, sweet aroma. She could hear the sound of the river bubbling in the distance as it laced along the far edge of the field. Sometimes, if she really listened, she could hear the sound of deer crossing the river with their fawns, the soft splashing and frantic bumping noise told her when a fawn was a little too eager, trying to climb across the slippery rocks. 
with her eyes closed, she could imagine the mother doe looking back at her clumsy fawn with its tawny, beautiful eyes. She could imagine her nudging the soft edge of its fawn, urging it to rise to its feet, reassuring it that falling down from time to time is just one of life's lessons, as well as getting back up with the support of those we cherish. Then she would wait to hear two of her favorite sounds. First, the sound of the birds as they rose and stretched their wings. Sometimes, Freya would hear this soothing, comforting sound before she even felt the sun splash across her face. She could hear the joy and appreciation that each and every bird had as they rose from their nest and shook their vibrant feathers. She could practically see them opening their beaks to call out and flicker their sleepy little eyes as they soaked in the feeling of the sun on their feathers. She often found herself imagining what it was the birds were saying to one another, and sometimes what they were saying to her. She was sure they were encouraging her to stay positive to embrace all the moments that lay ahead of her. Then, there was her second favorite sound. It was a sound that she only heard during summer. But thankfully, in Folkvang, it was summer year-round. That sound was none other than the gentle buzz of bumblebee wings as they bumbled their way through the field of flowers, ensuring that more would pop up wherever they flew. Freya loved watching the busy little bees as they buzzed from flower to flower filling the entire field with the steady rumble of their efforts. On this specific morning, however, the bees were buzzing louder than usual, and the birds seemed to be singing to her too. She rose to her feet, relishing the feeling of the cold, earthy soil beneath her. She grabbed her cape from the wall, her prized possession, and slung it around her shoulders like she did every morning. Her cape was a magical, powerful cape, a cape made of falcon feathers that allowed her to fly. Not only was it powerful, 
but it was breathtakingly beautiful. The cape shone in beautiful shades of buff, tan, amber, and mahogany, all of which seemed to sparkle and shift in the light of the sun wherever she moved. People often admired her cape, and she often let the other gods borrow it if it would help them with a task they had at hand. Then Freya put on her brisingamen, which was perhaps even more important than her cape. The brisingamen was a torque or necklace, the most magnificent, extraordinary necklace the world had ever seen. How it came into Freya's possession is often disputed. However, she is rarely found without it around her neck. The necklace was desired by many powerful gods and giants in Norse mythology. But Freya guarded it carefully and refused to give it up under most circumstances. Once Freya was adorned with her magical pieces, she walked out of her home and out into the lush, beautiful fields. She stretched in the morning sun, and as she did, she looked over to see her cats mimicking her moves. But these were no ordinary cats. These two cats were large, large enough to lead a chariot which is exactly what they did for Freya. Freya approached her two black cats and scratched them behind their ears. Their purrs were so loud, they rumbled the ground like a small earthquake was happening. When they thudded their feet on the ground as Freya rubbed their ears harder, she would be thrown up into the air, something that often caused her to laugh joyously. This morning, the cats rolled over on their stomachs for some scratches. Freya obliged before strapping the black cats into the chariot. Freya had work to tend to, and it was much easier to tend to with her loyal cats leading her chariot around the vast estate. Just as Freya suspected, there was an arrival of new warriors who had fallen in battle on earth. Greeting them wasn't a task that Freya ever took lightly. She rode over to the fallen warriors on her chariot and got down on their level, taking them by their worn hands and helping them up to their feet. 
The men and women took her hand with a look of slight confusion on their faces. But Freya wiped away their concerns with ease. Kindly, she told them that they had arrived to the afterlife. She could see the mix of shock, sadness, and relief in their eyes. She gave them a moment to process before she wrapped an arm around them, excitedly welcoming them to Folkvang with joy in her voice. She joked with them and gave them confidence boosts, commending them on their bravery and their arrival to their beautiful new home. You see, Freya is a goddess of many things, including wisdom. But she is also perhaps one of the most fun-loving out of all the gods and goddesses in Norse mythology. Negatives easily became positives with her, and she filled those around her with encouragement. Freya welcomed the warriors to the hall and continued patrolling the grounds, looking for other warriors who may have arrived. It was a daily task of hers, one she did with no complaints. However, there was one thing that made Freya's positivity wane. Her husband, Othar, often embarked on long journeys without telling her exactly where he was going. The two were madly in love, and every second without him tore Freya apart. She longed to hold her husband, to have his hand intertwined with hers, to tell him stories and laugh and dance in the field of flowers with him. But he was frequently away, and she was often unsure of when he would be back. On this particular day, Freya was feeling especially lonely without her husband. She stood on the banks of the river and cried for him, turning her back away from the field so the fallen warriors could not see. As the tears rolled down her cheeks, it became apparent that they were not regular tears, but tears of gold. As they splashed into the beautiful river below her, they drifted away as flecks of gold, which burrowed themselves into the river to be found many, many years later. They glistened in the sunlight, reflecting the beautiful rays into that vibrant 
blue water. She eventually wiped her tears, sure within her heart that her husband would return soon. And as she turned around, she found herself standing before Thor and Loki. Thor, the god of lightning, thunder, and storms, with a magic hammer called Mjolnir, and Loki, a shape-shifting god. Thor revealed that he awakened that day just to find his powerful hammer missing. Desperate to find the compelling weapon, he asked to borrow Freya's cloak. Freya agreed, handing her cloak over to Thor and wishing him well. She urged Loki, the trickster, to be on his best behavior, and he reciprocated with the same advice. Knowing that Freya enjoyed having fun just as much as he did, Loki and Thor took off using Freya's feather cloak. As they glided over the nine lands, they marveled at the views below them. It was a beautiful, magical land here, full of fjords, mountains, and lush, lush meadows, though none were quite as beautiful as Freya's. They landed in the land of Jotunheimr, or, as some knew it, the land of giants. The land of giants was one of the most troubling lands, a land of snow-capped mountains, thick forests, and large systems of caves that seemed to stretch on and on. Upon landing, Thor and Loki made their way through the thick forest. The sun filtered in through the thick trees, giving the entire forest a strange, otherworldly feel. Thor and Loki were both on edge, unsure of what could lie before them. And yet, Thor felt the familiar old magic tingling deep within him. He was certain that his hammer was here, somewhere. Just then, he spotted Thrymer, a giant sitting atop a mound. Thrymer raised his brow at the gods in a curious way, prompting Thor to approach him. Thor asked if he had seen his hammer. To his surprise, Thrymer revealed that he had indeed seen his hammer, because it was he who hid it. He buried it deep, deep within the earth, in a place where Thor would never be able to find it. Enraged, 
Thor demanded that he must have his hammer back. Thrymmer told Thor that he would give him the location, but on one condition. Thrymmer wanted Freya's hand in marriage. Sensing there was no other way out of this, Thor traveled back to Freya. When Thor and Loki returned to Freya, they presented her cape to her. Freya accepted it with a smile, but became confused when she realized that Thor didn't have his hammer with him. He revealed Thrymmer's request and suggested that Freya put on a bride's headdress so they could take her back to Thrymmer. Freya looked upon Thor in disbelief. She, a powerful and wise goddess, could not believe that Thor thought she would give herself up for his hammer. She raged, something fairly out of character for her, stamping her foot and yelling at the gods so loudly that the entire hall of the gods shook with a vengeance. Even her prized necklace fell from her neck because she was so upset. Sensing this was not going to work, Thor and Loki found themselves unsure of their next move. Freya suggested they assemble a meeting with the other gods and goddesses to find a solution. After several propositions, many of which suggested Freya go through with the wedding, Freya and the god of foreknowledge had another suggestion. Thor could dress up covering his face with a veil and wedding attire and marry Thurmer, posing as Freya. Freya was delighted by this idea, happy to get back at Thor for his earlier proposal. With no other options, Thor was forced to agree. But, of course, he needed a maid. Freya gleefully reminded them, so Loki was chosen to pose as one. Thor put on Freya's wedding dress and veil with her help and headed to the hall. Upon his arrival, Thrymmer was shocked to see just how much mead and food Freya could put away. There was something odd about the goddess, something he just couldn't place. When he made a move to kiss Freya for the first time, Thor's powerful eyes beneath the veil terrified him. Finally, after tricking Thrymmer, Thor 
was able to regain his hammer. He thanked Freya for her assistance, relieved to have his powerful weapon back and have things back in balance yet again. Freya congratulated the god, smiling to herself at what he had to go through. She was relieved that for the most part, the gods respected her power. After all, she was the goddess who brought magic to the gods. She was one of the oldest gods, and to many, she was the kindest. After Thor left, Freya went back to scouting her field for new fallen warriors to welcome. When she'd encounter them, she made sure the first thing they'd see was a smile, and soon after, one of the first things they'd hear would be laughter. As she encountered more warriors that day by the edge of the river, she encouraged them to observe the animals move along the river with her. They stood for a long while, watching as the deer scrambled across the glacial waters and the cats rolled in the dirt along the river's banks. It was a peaceful life, a life of joy and hope, and to the fallen warriors it was paradise. I hope you have enjoyed this story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, restful sleep. Please, Join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams.